Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode 102. My guest today is going to be Greg Warren. Greg Warren is uh, one of the best comedians in the country. He was also a wrestler. He was a Division I All-American in Missouri. Super cool dude. I'm excited to have him on, and uh, let's bring him in. So how is it in Missouri? Are you guys uh, still locked down and all that? Yeah, I mean, uh, St. Louis, I think, is a little stricter than the rest of Missouri because it's, you know, it's worse here. Um, but they, for the most part opened other than entertainment stuff, but they opened, I think you can go to restaurants if you wanted to, I really don't want to, uh, at limited capacity. And then I got my haircut today, which was, uh, that was, you know, the the biggest, uh, (laughs) the biggest win in, uh, about uh, 10 weeks. It was getting pretty awful. Did you have to wear a mask while you got it cut? Yeah. Yeah. I wore a mask. Yeah. Yeah. What sucks for me about the mask is I've got these really hard contacts. And every time I breathe, it like shoots my breath into my eyes and like tries <laughs> it out. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I think that's like you got to have some. That's because your mask isn't sealed off enough. I think is oh, what they okay. say. Yeah, yeah. And then when I have my glasses on, it fogs up. Oh, it totally fogs up with the yeah. glasses. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It does. If you can seal it off, though, it won't. But it's uh, okay. it's tricky. There's nothing that makes you look cooler than your glasses fogging up on you. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like when I was in middle school and we'd have like gym or something, and then I put my glasses on afterwards. You know, they're trying to talk to some girl, and your glasses are fogging up. Like, a yeah, yeah. I had glasses in middle school, and I I was uh, pretty uncool to start out with, anyways. But uh, yeah, add in the glasses and the fog, it's over. Yeah. Were you the funny kid when you were in school? I was. Um, you, you know, I think I was obnoxious. You know. <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have an outlet, so uh, yeah. I was I, once I was comfortable on people, I was intolerably loud. I think, uh, yeah. Now that I'm now that I've got an outlet, or I did until coronavirus, uh, you know, I, I'm a little easier to handle. But yeah, I look back, I'm like, oh god, would you just shut up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kind of quiet like that. I was kind of quiet, like I would I would wait until I got comfortable around people, and then. And I was kind of funny, but up until that, yeah. Point, people always assume comics are like always on and all that stuff, and most of us aren't. No, no, man. I've, I've I know the guys that are, and oh, yeah. it's it's <laughs> tough. <laughs> and I, like I said, I, I think I was that guy in middle school and high school a, a little bit, you know. I can't see you being that way. You're always kind of a quiet person. Yeah, I don't know, man. Again, I ha- I didn't have an outlet. Yeah. Uh, for, <laughs> for it back then. When's the last time you were on stage? Uh, I think it was like, I, I don't know, whatever that Saturday before St. Pat's Day was, uh, I was doing a show down in Florida. And um, yeah, it was weird. It was like, uh, you know, th- things look good early in the week. And then by Saturday, you know, the show was sold out, but nobody showed up. Oh, really? And uh, I was supposed to work that following week. And I was like, I need to do that, you know, you know, honor the commitment. And And then I got home Sunday and I was like, I can't, this is wrong. I, I'm just going to, you know, go inside for a while. And I called my agent. I was like, you need to cancel this week. And then, uh, and then, you know, two days later it was over anyways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I was in Reno and, and I kind of had a feeling it was going to be my last show for a while because they yeah. were, they were talking. And so I wanted it to be a great show. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like kind of a smaller crowd and, and uh which is fine i usually you know i enjoy smaller crowds a lot of times if they're sat right yeah 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 they were all kind of spread out and there's a lady in the back that kept heckling me you know and i was like (laughs) 
it's one of those things where when you want it to go really well, because you might not, you know, know how long it's going to be, then everything goes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get into comedy? Like, did you, when you were done wrestling and everything, did you? Um, you know, I, uh, so I had sort of a lot of false starts. When I, when I, w I went to college at Missouri and, um, you know, I was on the wrestling team there and there was a you know, deja vu. You, you've performed there a lot of times that was there, which is a comedy club in Columbia. And one of my buddies, um, the guy was like the captain of the team at the time. Craig Martin was a bartender at deja vu. And, uh, again, I was like, uh, obnoxious. Um, and, uh, so he, he signed me up, you know, to be in this, uh, in this contest that sponsored by deja vu and i did it and i won and then you know that was early in college and um i still remember that man it was like uh it was an er early in the year like you know sort of september type practice and uh uh our you know we, we had a friday practice and we, we, had, we had a pretty good team and real our coach wes roper was really really tough guy and yeah. Um, you know, no nonsense, but he, on, on Friday practice, you know, our practices were brutal even earlier in the season. He just showed up and he goes, all right, guys, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go pretty light today. Uh, we're just going to roll around for about, about, uh, 30 minutes. Then uh, we're all going to go down and watch Warren do his stand up comedy at the contest. And I didn't even know he knew about it. I was like, really? this is awesome. Like I got, I, I got, I basically got everybody out of practice, uh, for that. So that was a hero immediately. Yeah. But, um, so I did that. And I did it off and on in, in college a few times, but I was more focused on wrestling, you know, I was in, in school. I'd do it every now and then and say I was a comic, but I wasn't, you know. And yeah. then um, I got a job out of college. I, uh, I, I worked for Procter & Gamble. I was uh, in sales for them, selling like Pringles and Jif and uh, Duncan Hines and all that stuff. And uh, I was in Houston, Texas for the first five years in Cincinnati, Ohio for the next five years. And I... Uh, during that time, I sort of uh, off and on, you know, flirted with doing stand-up. You know, sometimes I'd do it and then I'd get discouraged and I'd go back to being like, well, I'm going to be a salesman, you know. And then, and then sort of the last four or five years, I was pretty focused on stand-up. And uh, in 2001, I quit and, you know, started doing it full-time. So if it wouldn't have been for the, the bartender, would you have ever tried it? I think I would have, you know, I think because just being around that club, you know, that was when we would go to see shows. It was just amazing to me, man. I was like, I can't believe people get to do this. That's their job. You know, yeah. it was amazing. And I didn't, you know, when I quit my day job in 2001, I'd sort of was like, well, you know, I'll eventually have to go back to selling Pringles or whatever. And, uh, I'll just do this for a couple of years, just get it out of my system. And, you know, luckily I haven't, I haven't had to go back. <laughs> did, uh, did, was it kind of a shock when you started working other rooms? Because Deja Vu, especially back in the day, was one of the hottest rooms ever. I mean. Well, I mean, to be honest, like I, I didn't really, in college, he didn't let me go up that much and do so. I didn't do it. And I, I Deja Vu was, a, it, I don't know. Um, I think probably the shock to me, there was a club called the Comedy Showcase down in Houston. And that's when I started, that's where I probably started getting regular stage time when I was living down there. And that was a, a, a notoriously easy club on the weekends, especially. So when you start doing guest spots on the weekend there, you just murder. And yep. then I moved to Cincinnati and I was doing like Jokers in Dayton, which was not an easy club. And I was like, oh God, this is, you know, way harder than I thought it was. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, you get to where now we've been doing it forever. I, you know, I don't care that. I mean, I love doing stand up, but week to week, people are like, how's the crowd? I'm like, who, you know, I did my act. You know, you notice like if it was awful or if it was incredible, but most 80% of it's in the middle somewhere. And it's like, it went fine. You know, I mean, I, I did my show. They seem, you know, so I, I don't get too over, but uh, when you're early on, you're so hung up on Was it a good crowd? Was it a, was it a good club? Was it a bad club? Just do your show, man. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times you think shows aren't, you know, in your head, you're like, that kind of sucks. But then people yeah. come up and say some of the nicest things you've ever, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, and that, yeah. That is so consistent. And then some of the shows that you just kill at, people stream past you like you've got the coronavirus, you know? Yeah, okay. yeah, so. yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no talent. Or, you know, you, you, you think that you, uh, you think your comedy special is pretty good and then you go on YouTube and you find out uh, it's not. <laughs> Dude, I've got this, I've got this uh, video on YouTube from like seven years ago when I had long hair. Yeah. And I was at the Laugh Factory, and, and they had these cameras that were, like, eye level. So my hair, it was, yeah, I needed a haircut anyway. It was, it was way longer than normal, but it looked like my hair was completely in my eyes. And I had no idea they were filming, so I just showed up. And, uh, but some of the comments, the set was fine, but some of the comments were just brutal. I mean, Oh, God, they'll, they'll, they'll annihilate you, man. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. If you have low self-esteem when you go into oh, the you'll be suicidal when you they come They will out. annihilate you. Don't read them. <laughs> My dad was, my dad's on Facebook and, uh, you know, he's, he was saying, I'm going to post something political on Facebook because his friends were posting stuff that he didn't agree with. I'm like, dad, you don't understand. Don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. You're going to want to fight all these people. The comments you get, are not, they're not going to be good, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, he, and he's at that, like, he's at, he doesn't have a whole lot of friends on Facebook. He's got his friends where you and I, you know, you got 5,000 friends. I don't pay attention to any one person at all. Yeah. My dad sort of feels like you got to read everything that's up there. No, you don't. You don't read anything that's up there, yeah. actually. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty good advice. I wish I had you around whenever I go to make some stupid post because I'm like, <laughs> I nobody, nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to change their mind because you posted yeah. something. Call them up. Call them up, man. Talk to them. It might work. A lot of times, if they're friends of mine, I'll just message them and be like, hey, I don't want to argue with you. You know, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. yeah, what are we solving, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but then, and I think since I haven't been able to go on stage, like you were kind of talking about, now there's sometimes I'm just like, I got to tell everybody what I'm thinking, you know? And yeah. I have to stop myself. Sometimes I go ahead and do it, but most of the time, I'm just like, don't, don't freaking do it. Nah, uh, I mean, you know, I will be back on stage at some point. I don't know when or whatever. I, there's, it's kind of, See, there's some comics that are like on there's all this stand-up comedy's dead it's 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 coming back i don't know when but it'll be back so just you, you know what do you think it'll be like when it does though you think the audience will be masked up and i don't know you know i, I mean I, I mean there's going to be this weird time for the next year that it's not going to look like normal but eventually it's going to come back you know this thing's probably not going to be here forever you know? yeah how did you come up with that uh, kids-friendly show, and how often do you – how long of a set is that? Um, it's like usually I, I'll have a friend go up and do – like three or four guys do it. Like somebody will go up and do like 10 minutes. I'll go up and do like 35 minutes of stand-up, and then we'll uh, bring the kids on stage and interview them. It's almost like a talk show. Okay. Um, yeah, it's and it's fun. And, you know, it works really well if I have somebody there that I can bounce stuff off of and we can sort of interview the kids together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
there's there's about three or four guys that uh, that I work real. Brendan Ayer, uh, Sean O'Brien, Tim Convey, uh, Dan Swartout, all those guys. You know, it, okay. it really works well. Ryan Beck. Yeah. I didn't realize you knew Sean O'Brien. I like that kid. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's yeah. probably my best friend, man. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, so uh, you know, Mike Birbiglia just did this. Um, he raised a lot of money for a lot of the staff uh, at, at clubs all over the country, and he, and he he raised money for the St. Louis Funny Bone, and uh, and they, for whatever reason, they they were like, Greg, why don't you be the one to, we'll, we'll send you the money, and then I, you know, the money goes through me. So he sent me the money, and uh, I, I talked to Matt, who runs the Funny Bone, and it's like, how much should I give everybody? Every each part of this, he divided it up by how many hours they work, and Sean's on the stand. Sean works. He's a bartender, and he does a lot for the club, so he's there every day doing. When he's not doing jokes, he's he's like their you know most tenured employee. So uh, you know, I, I was like, uh, he's he's my best buddy. So I, I sent him uh, I sent him money. You know, I sent his his girlfriend. She bar, she waitresses there like part time. She only picks up a few. Shows. So I sent her like her share was like three hundred bucks or something. I sent it to her, and then I sent him the seventy eight cents. Uh, <laughs> I just realized that, <laughs> I just realized that the Sean O'Brien you're talking about is a different guy. I thought oh, there's, okay. there's uh, a comedian named Sean O'Brien. Yeah, he's a comedian too. Yeah. But I know, but this is a different guy, completely. Oh, okay. Different guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's not the guy I'm talking about. I thought I was like, how do you know the Sean O'Brien that I'm talking about? That's what you, <laughs> you said he's your best friend. I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I totally know who you're talking about. He's very yeah, funny. Yeah, he's funny, dude. I did yeah. that guest spot last time I was there and uh Yeah, he's great, man. Are you writing a lot during this uh, quarantine? Man, I was uh, I, I was really going well for a while there, man. It was uh, you know that first six weeks, I was I was kind I, I kind of had the hot hand um, like that the, that two months leading up to the coronavirus thing, so I just sort of rode that for a while writing. But then I'm man, I've been a little dry for uh, maybe the last three weeks. I, I haven't. I mean, I've been trying to do it most days but it's it's not great you know do you try to sit down at the same time every day and all that like make it a habit yeah i've always tried to do it sometime in the morning you know maybe you know some eventually or early enough in the morning i try to do some sort of journaling and then uh, maybe do some kind of you know flesh out some premises and stuff like that and i you know i'm trying to write a um i've had this wrestling project that i've been fooling around with for a while it's like a animated uh, series i'm working with this guy in new york on and starting to make some progress on that but it, that's the problem with this coronavirus is you have to like kind of you know all that stuff that you said you were going to do if you ever had time to do it yeah you know, like now it's like you're not going to do that you know <laughs> <laughs> now i have to face up to who i really am you know yeah. I've, I've hid behind travel and a busy schedule for a long time and now it's like well <laughs> you really, you, you know, no, maybe, are you going to be that guy or are you not? And it's a, man, it's a tough question to answer. Yeah. I've probably been working harder since, uh, I'm not able to actually do my job than yeah. before. Oh, you that's know, good, I, man. I read this book about, uh, breaking through your creative blocks and it was talking about, you know, sitting down at the same time and making it a habit and all that. And even, even if what you write is crap, at least you wrote that day, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, no, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not the most spiritual guy in the world, but I do believe like, you know, as a comic, if you, you get those sort of moments where, the, you, you know, you just get an idea out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and I, I do believe, like, 
if you do the work in the morning, you know, you hammer stuff out that you will set your mind up a little better to receive those, you know, sort of divine intervention type things. Yeah. Um, you know, and then every night, you know, and then you do, when you're grinding it out in the morning, sometimes you actually do get some good stuff. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I was, I, like I said, it was going great for about a month, man. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and a lot of times things, positive things seem to happen when you're trying to do positive things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's like, I've said this before, but like, even if it's just like cleaning out your garage or something, the next thing I know, I'll get an email from a booker that I haven't heard from in a couple of years. And I'm like, oh, sweet. And it, and it seems like it's just because I was doing something positive, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've noticed a trend that way. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, have you had, do you ever eat it anymore? Um, yeah. I mean, not, not too bad. I mean, I, I, I think it would be rare for me to eat it in a headline set in a comedy club, you know? Um, but if you take it, if you, if you put it in the wrong setting where it's a, you know, it's a corporate gig or something like that. And it, you know, um, it could happen. I mean, I had to, you know, and, and I lived in New York for uh, five years and, uh, I had a couple of rough sets there, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, it took me a while to figure out the rhythm of that. And even then, you know, there, there could be some rough, rough ones. Um, but is there any, any particular like headline set at a club that you remember fairly recently that was awful or anything? Uh, not really. Like I said, a headline set at a club is, is a pretty good situation because you got so much time to, yeah. to dig out of it. You know, I mean, I, you know, I sort of, I, I sort of, you know, I, I, we, we know a lot of tricks. I've been doing this for a long time. I know a lot of tricks. So in, in, now in a, a 10 minute set in New York, uh, following Kevin Hart, that, that could be, you know, like you don't have time to pull it all together. And that's a, you know, yeah. that's a, that's a tough thing, but in a, in a uh, hour long set on the road, when some people came to see you and it's, uh, you know, like I, if I kind of let myself off the hook where it's like, Hey, it didn't work in that. It probably wasn't going to work anyways. Cause I know enough tricks. I, you know, like I'm trying every trick in the book. Now there's certainly there's shows that went better than others. But, um, yeah. I mean, I've had some corporates that didn't always go. The, the best. What's the, what's the worst gig you ever did, man? I don't know. <laughs> well, I did a gig this year. Um, this, it was a, it was a, you know, lucrative corporate gig. It was, uh, up in Indiana. And it was for uh, the Amish. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That was not an easy gig. It was in this giant warehouse, like where they they were like they they made furniture or something there, and they 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 brought all the Amish in, you know, the the employees and the, and the, and they had this big meal. And the setting itself wasn't, you know, the sound wasn't good. Yeah. But even with a great sound, it would have been tricky. Like you know, and and that that one was rough, man. That was that was extremely rough, man. Uh, they seemed fine with it too. Like the guy that was in charge, you know, he seemed like he didn't have a problem with it, but yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't, I didn't, that was not, not too good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. I didn't know the Amish even did stuff like that. Yeah. I brought I wound up like in the middle. I was like, this isn't, I'm going to just, I brought an Amish guy on stage and like interviewed him a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, that worked to some degree, but, uh, yeah, that was bad, man. That was yeah. I bet sometimes you just have to take the check and just kind of get the heck out of there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I talk about it where, 
it used to get to me, you know, when I had a bad set, it would get to me and uh, it stings. And it, you know, it would take me two months. I'd carry it around for two months. You know, I just carried around almost as if I had to introduce myself as the guy like, yeah, Hey, I'm Greg Warren. I'm that guy. <laughs> I had that horrible show, you know, six weeks ago. I'm sure you heard about it. You know? you know, I almost feel like I had to confess it. And now the thing that bothers me is when it happens, it stings about as much. It still stings the same. And I'm like, can it, I thought I was done with this. Like, I, how am I doing yeah. this 20? I've, I've had some success. And then, then, but I'm over it the next day. Like it, my, your recovery time gets way, way better. Yeah. You know? Like I'm just, I'm just, the net, when I wake up, I'm like, all right, what's, you know, what's the next thing? Yeah, it has to. Yeah. I, I ate it really bad at a place called The Parlor in L.A. I don't know if you ever did that. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard about that set, man. It could be it could be a really <laughs> it could be a really good place or it could just be uh, awful. And like the first time I was there, the guy came up and he was like, man, people don't usually do that well here. Good job. We'd love to have you back. And I'm like, all right, cool. I went back like two weeks later, kind of cocky, and I just yeah. ate it so hard. I had sweat rolling down my back. Oh, when, I, yeah, man. when I finally got a laugh, it threw me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. I was so used to getting kicked in the balls, I didn't realize you guys were going to ever laugh or anything. Yeah. I mean, I've done a couple, like, um, I did one event for the Cardinals and the uh, St. Louis Cardinal baseball team and then and a bunch of their fans. And, you know, like, they just, nobody's listening. Yeah. And, and that was brutal because I'm a huge Cardinal fan. So I'm looking out at all these guys that I could tell you the lifetime stats of people that aren't enjoying what I'm doing, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, I used to get tricked into doing wrestling stuff all the time. Like, um, you know, they, everybody for a while, they would call me up, Hey, do this wrestling show. And I'll be like, well, tell me the setting. And I would be like, no, man, I know wrestlers. Those guys are my friends. They're not going to be paying attention. They're going to want to talk to each other. And they'd be like, come on, man, you're doing it for wrestling. You do, the last time I got tricked into that was like beat the streets when they were trying to raise money for the Olympics or whatever. And they were like, and I, you know, I love those guys and I love the cause and everything. I'm like, I hear what you're saying. I hear this setting and I'm telling you, this is not going to work. Like nobody's going to be paying attention. They kind of guilt, they'll give you tickets to see them come watch Iran. And they're, they're, you know, they're doing great work. And I was, and they're raising money for kids and, you know, and I was like, all right, I'll go. You know, and sure enough, I got up there and I could tell five seconds in, I was like, this is a bad idea, man. This was a, you know, no, you can't, it's when they're not listening, it's real hard to get them, you know, especially, I mean, I'm fairly subtle, so I'm bigger than a lot of people, but, um, you know, my, I, I can get loud and that kind of thing, but, you know, I'm not like a one-liner guy, but there's some subtlety and it's like, oh, this is, this is bad, man. This, yeah. yeah. I, how did I get tricked into this again? I remember that I was so bummed out and there was all these wrestling, you know, all my favorite wrestlers, Gable and, you know, you know, all these guys and, uh, Mark Ruffalo was there, uh, the actor. And, uh, I, I met him. He's such a nice guy, like all these people that I admire and I just ate it so hard. I mean, I didn't, I was, it was terrible. Yeah. And, uh, I walked out, it was in New York and I walked outside. I was living in New York. I was walking home and I was just, I was getting ready to walk home and I was like, my head was spinning and I uh, saw Kyle Dake there who I don't know well, but I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of his wrestling. And uh, he was like, Hey man, what's, you know, he'd seen me do some of the videos I did in the back in the day or whatever. And he was, we talked a lot. He was like, Oh man, you're great. Like he was really cool. It's, it, when you have those moments and you meet somebody that's really cool, it's, it, it definitely uh, yeah sticks with you. Yeah. And, and the lonely, lonely walk home. Here. What's that? 
you made that made the walk home a little easier. Like two percent. Yeah, I still I still beat myself up pretty hard on that one. Yeah. yeah, well, it's it's hard when it's not going well and there's somebody in the crowd that you really respect, you know. Like when when we did that thing in for Ohio State, I did it once with BT and once with you. Yeah, oh yeah, man, those were fun. Yeah. yeah those were good. But there was Yeah, one. it's in a comedy club though, man. Yeah. 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 It makes all the difference in the world, but Yeah. I, I was uh Tom Ryan was right in the front, you know, and and uh, some of the stuff he laughed at and some he didn't. And I'm trying, <laughs> not, I'm trying not to look at him, you know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, he's sitting right freaking there, though. I uh, wrestled Ryan, man. He was, we were in the same weight class. That's man. right. 158. Yeah. 158. Yeah. In college. Yeah. It was my senior year. I think it was his junior year. Yeah. Okay. Well, we wrestled. We didn't wrestle in the, we, in, the, in the tournament. We didn't wrestle. But we were both in the same weight class. He got second and I got seventh. Um, but the summer before we had wrestled at a freestyle tournament, he beat me. It was, it was a real, real close match, but, uh, yeah. yeah, he beat me. Yeah. He was good, man. Yeah. 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 And then he, he got, he got real good. Yeah. How, how long did you, when did you start wrestling? I was like five. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah. yeah. And your dad was the coach, right? Yeah. 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 He was my coach. Yeah. What's it like having your dad for the coach? Um, it was, was he your high school coach too? Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, tricky and uh, re rewarding. I mean, you know, it's something that he and I share, and it's great because we can always talk wrestling. We go to – you know, I'm bummed out. We were going to go to the Olympic trials together. Um, okay. You know, so we, we do a lot of stuff together. It's fun. But it was, it was you know, it was, it was tricky. Yeah. Uh, he was a good coach, and uh, I think it probably made things a little hard on my mom a little bit, uh, you know, at the time. Yeah. You know, I have, I have the joke where I'm like, well, yeah – I mean, it was people like, oh, your dad pushed you. I'm like, yeah. I mean, he pushed me in sports, you know. That's that's a normal thing to push your kids. Like, you know, there's pe some people out there who spend their whole lives trying to find Bigfoot. You know, I mean, how'd, how'd you like to have that guy as a dad? You know, do, do you even want to find Bigfoot, son? You don't act like it. I hear you saying you want to find him, but you don't do anything about it. You sleep till noon. Bigfoot doesn't get up at noon. He gets up at 4.14 in the morning. So, and, and on some levels, at least he pushed me in a relatively normal field, yeah. I guess you would say. Yeah. Were you good from the start? Yeah, I was pretty good, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I didn't lose a lot as a kid. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't like, all, you know, I think as a kid, I would usually get placed in the top two or three in the state, you know. Almost year. every year? I, yeah, pretty much. I think every year I always play somewhere in the top top three or four in the state, usually in one or two. And, but you know, that I would, I would lose, you know, every other year. Or whatever. Yeah. Every other year. So you're pretty damn good. I, I was No, I mean, I, I don't remember too much, but yeah, as a kid, you know, I'm, I had a dad who was a wrestling coach and you know, I was decent. So yeah. And then, I mean, we go out of state sometimes we go to Kansas and you know, I'd lose there and stuff like that. But I was, I, I won most of the time when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, Missouri's a pretty tough state too. So yeah, I think it is. It's better now than it was. It was decent, you know. Yeah. I think now it's even better. Yeah. Did you grow a lot in high school? I know you were a two-time state champ your junior and senior year, right? What did you start? Yeah. With? What weight? I, I start out one twelve and I finish up at one forty-five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was like one twelve, one nineteen, one thirty-eight, one forty-five. Yeah. Okay. How'd you do your first two years? Um, like my first year, you know, I was I, I probably was. I, was, I didn't qualify for the state tournament and I was, um, 
you know, I had a winning record as a freshman. I probably lost 10 matches or something. And then uh, that summer I did, I did a lot of, there was a junior college that right about a mile from my house, Merrimack junior college. And uh, okay. I would go up there and work out all spring and summer. And, uh, and then the next year I got like uh, fifth or something in the state as a sophomore and, you know, probably lost five or six matches. And, and then that, that summer in between sophomore and junior years when I really, you know, I, I competed around a lot and went up to Merrimack every day and I learned and I, you know, and then I think I probably, you know, I lost maybe once my junior year and tied a match my senior year or something. Yeah. Nice. yeah. And then you ended up going to Missouri. Uh, what was what was it like your freshman year? Well, I went to the uh, military academy my first year. I went to West Point my first year oh, of college. Okay. Actually. I was there for the full year and then I transferred to, to Mizzou. Um, Did you wrestle at West Point? Yeah, yeah, I did. I was hurt a lot. I had a back problems and I didn't wrestle much, but yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I came home from West Point. It was really sort of not, even at that point, I was like, maybe I'll become a comedian, you know? And, uh, and um, Wes Roper came to my house like two days later and offered me a scholarship. And my dad sort of was like, you know, he in his own way sort of pushed me he's like and, and i wanted to you know so and then i got to mizzou and it was in wrestled there for four years and it was uh yeah. yeah it was it was tough man it's a it's a whole different you know college wrestling is a, it's a it's alarming you know right. did, did you uh redshirt that year then um i they i think they they counted um west point as a redshirt year okay and then when i got to mizzou i had i um you know, there was a guy named Mike Gilsdorf who was a senior when I got there, and he wrestled 150, and we had a wrestle-off at 150. And I was a freshman my first year. And I swear, Tim, it, that was one of the best matches I've ever wrestled, just wrestling him in a wrestle-off. And he was good. And um, we had a, a, a battle in that wrestle-off, and I tore my knee. I, had, I wound up having knee surgery, and he hurt his shoulder. Um, so that first year, it was kind of um, – I did wrestle some, but I was hurt and, uh, and I wasn't, I don't know. I think my head wasn't all the way in it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think I need to toughen it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I did wrestle some cause I think he got hurt a little bit. I wrestled some varsity matches, but my, my, after that I wrestled, you know, started for them and wrestled all the time. Yeah. It, it is alarming. I was telling somebody recently that, I wrestled from seven to 21 and never had any cauliflower ear, any of that stuff. And then within a week of college practice, I had cauliflower ear. Yeah, me too, um, man. Yeah. From the physicality of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's just, it's a little more intense. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how was, how was Wes Roper as a coach? He's great, man. Yeah. I mean, he was really, uh, you know, he um, was tough. Um, he was real good to me. He was extremely loyal um but he didn't let you uh he didn't really let you get, get away with you know anything other than your best we wrestled a pretty brutal practice schedule like we we wrestled a lot of live man and wes was uh you know wes was around my weight so and a lot of guys got hurt around my weight over the last couple of years. So Wes was a guy that I wrestled with every day. And we were, we were, it was, we were workout partners and he was, he did not, it was not fun to wrestling, um, yeah. you know, and then, uh, but we, and we wrestled a tough schedule, you know, we, we wrestled, 
like all the big eight teams. We were in the big eight back then, and we wrestled. We'd go up and wrestle a lot of the big ten teams. We wrestled Midlands. We'd go wrestle the Northern Open, which was a bunch of, you know, big ten teams over Thanksgiving. And so, like, by the time we got to Nationals, I remember my senior year, by the time I got to Nationals, you know, you'd see these guys that were, like, 31 and one from Brown. And I'd, I remember my dad being like, this guy here, he got next. He's 31 and one. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Man. I, I wrestled, I wrestled guys that are going to be in the Olympics already. It does not matter to me. You, you know, like I real, I was hardened and I, and I, and I owe that to Wes. Um, Cause he just sort of got us used to a certain level of competition. Yeah. If you're wrestling a, a beast like that every day. It, yeah. You wrestle on him. And then, and then, and then, you know, we wrestle in Iowa state or Oklahoma state or, you know, any of those guys, I wrestled a bunch of big names back then. <laughs> I didn't yeah. beat many of them or any. Did you ever wrestle in uh, Carver Hawkeye? Uh, my senior year. That's where the national tournament was. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's the only time I did though. Yeah. Cause I've heard stories about wrestling there, like duels and stuff. I don't just... Yeah. I think luckily I was hurt when we had a duel against them. <laughs> I think it was like, we were supposed to duel them like my sophomore year or something. I was hurt. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't go. And, uh, yeah, that, yeah, I think they could be hard on you. What, uh, what position were you best in and what was the hardest was getting off the bottom. Was that the hardest thing to, uh, I guess that's kind of a. I think getting off the bottom um was it one of the toughest transitions to make from high school to college you yeah. know uh that that was that was that was real tough and it didn't didn't go well i mean i wrestled um we were at northern iowa and this was one of these times when i was a freshman that i was in the lineup i don't know what it was i think gilly was uh hurt or something and uh you know i didn't cut my weight right i was a freshman and uh they had a good team they had like a top five team and in, in uh it was in that West gym in Northern Iowa where it's really loud and, you know, it was, you know, the, the crowd is knowledgeable and into it. And I, man, I got, it was like a minute and a half in and I had nothing and I was just on the bottom the whole time and I couldn't get up. Yeah. And I, I almost got stalled out of the match and the, the, the ref was like playing to the crowd. You know, he, he, at one point he goes, uh, he goes, are you okay down there, son? And the crowd just starts laughing, you know, and I was, and that was brutal. And oh, I, you know, yes, yeah, awful, man. And, uh, and Roper, you know, those guys, Roper and Whalen, my coaches that I remember for, a, there was a good, and Darren Davis, who's a kid from Kansas city, um, who was a weight class above me. He was having trouble getting off the bottom too. And I mean, there was just two weeks of practice where, you know, we were on bottom every go yeah. get back, back down, Warren, back down Davis. And, uh, you know, it was, it was brutal. And, yeah. um, but then I don't know, like something clicked right around end of my freshman year. And I just don't remember ever having too much of a problem getting off bottom. I mean, you know, there were, I remember I wrestled a guy named Joe Reynolds, who was a national champ from Oklahoma one year. And Joe like had this, he had this tight waist where it felt like he wrapped around your waist like six times or something. And uh, like, I could, I had a hard time with him. I always had a hard time getting out from under Todd Chesbro from, uh, Oklahoma State, you know, um, but I don't day and day. I didn't really struggle getting out after that. It just wasn't a thing. You know? Yeah, after it clicked. Um, yeah, I think that, and then and then, you know, you learn to cut off leg attacks uh, a lot better, and then you learn. You also learn like when you're in high school, man. At least things are different now. These kids are. But when I was in high school in the '80s, you know, 
if you're in on a good shot, you're, you're finishing. That's it. And then you get to college and you're like, you're in on a perfect shot and you're finishing 13% of the time, you know, <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 They, uh, it, I've noticed that every position with the good guys is a, is a fight. You know, that's what they're always talking about, like wrestle through your position and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. It's one I thing. mean, it's so advanced now. Yeah, yeah. The, and when, yeah, when you were in college, freshmen doing well was pretty rare. And now a lot of freshmen do really well. Yeah, not, not to the degree. I mean, there were some superstars, but not like sure. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I already asked you that. Uh, who do you think the best guy you ever wrestled was? Um, man, that's a good question. You know, I, I would have to say Tim Krieger from Iowa State. Really? He's way up there. Yeah. Krieger was a two-time national champ, and I, I think he got second maybe once and maybe twice. I don't know. He, he was he – was, he didn't look like, um, you know, physically intimidating um, – but he he was just punishing the way that he'd wrestle. You feel you feel like you you were in a fight afterwards. Yeah. You know. So he was he was like Pat Smith. I wrestled Pat Smith. That was probably if you look at that was probably the best guy that I wrestled. He's one of the best guys to ever wrestle in college. And it was funny wrestling him. Like it wasn't at all like Krieger. Like I I think I lost yeah 10-2 or 10-3 against Pat Smith and I wasn't breathing heavy and I didn't feel beat he was just too slick I couldn't I, I was always off balance he was just too slick and I couldn't catch up to him but I you know I wasn't tired where, where Krieger I felt like I you know like I never want to wrestle again after I, I wrestled <laughs> Krieger um you know I wrestled uh Townsend Saunders in the Nationals one year and uh he, you know he you know, if you look at like accomplishments, I think he got a silver medal in the Olympics. Um, and I, I actually get, it was a go with him. Like there, there was a, that was a good match. It was like my junior year and it was like six, three or something, you know, that, that was a go. Uh, yeah. but, um, I, th I think I, maybe I've told you that Krieger story before, but I, I think I wrestled Krieger twice in one time when I wrestled him. I think it was the first time some, I, I was pretty good with like a leg Sazeski move. So, and he was banged up, I guess he, he, and, um, so we're wrestling and I got on top of him and I, I put the figure four in and I started working a leg Sazeski and I couldn't turn him, but like it hurt him a little bit and they, they stopped the match, you know, and he'd been banged up and, uh, he went over to his corner to, you know, to get taped up and I go over to my corner, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, Roper's finally going to be, you know, proud of me. He goes, Warren, he goes, uh, I'm not sure I would have pissed this guy off, man. <laughs> he goes, he's a fucking animal. He's going to try and kill you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he did, man. It was like he, you know, he was kind of banged up, and I'm sure he was like, yeah, I got this guy, this freshman from Missouri. I'm just going to sort of cruise and win the match, you know, nine to three and not have to get and then and then after after I'm, i i hurt his leg it was like no i'm gonna try to hurt this kid and yeah. <laughs> and it, it was rough man yeah it was it was it was pretty rough that's so funny that your that your coach would be like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you're doing great impersonation of him you sound <laughs> somebody right. somebody that was on your team uh I think he was on your team, Eric Devaney or something. Yeah, did goofball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, he messaged me. I've, I've talked to him a few times since I did the Sammy Henson uh, interview. Or maybe oh, yeah. after I did the Wes Roper interview. Sammy was on my team too, man. Yeah, oh, really? Okay. It's fresh. Yeah. I didn't realize that. 
Yeah, Sammy and I. Yeah, that we went to the nationals together. That my uh, my senior year and his freshman year. Yeah. Oh, nice. So you were yeah. they're all Americans. How many all Americans did they have that year? Two. Yeah. Nice. Which was a good year for us back then. You know, we, we yeah. were good, but we weren't like they are now. We would consistently finish like in the top twenty or something. Yeah, well, I don't think the average person realizes what a big deal placing in the top eight is at uh, the NCAA Division One tournament. I mean, I know you're modest about it, but it's a big freaking deal, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's funny. I talk about it, or people have, but I'm like, man, just think, but some of these guys, you know, they're so much better. Than <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it was, it was a real big deal for me. And I look back, I'm like, I probably should have been better. I had a dad as a coach and I, you know, I probably should have got, but it was a big, I mean, it was a big deal to me. And if you want to know the truth, I probably wrestled the best tournament of my life that weekend. You know, I just, uh, the first match I got beat by this guy, Dave Walter, who wound up getting third and it was a good match, but he, he beat me, you know, and then I had to come all the way back to wrestlebacks and uh, you know, I, I wound up knocking off a couple of pretty good guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, how many matches did you have to win before you were even an all I think three. Yeah, I think I lost one, and then I had to win three to place. Yeah. Was that the best – what was the best win of your career? Um, probably the, the, the match to, to place. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a couple other ones that were decent, but I look back and I'm, I'm a little, I get a little disappointed with myself because I beat a lot of the – people that I should and I lost to a lot of the people that I you know I shouldn't and I, I wrestled tough I wrestled a couple of really good guys tough you know like I mean I I look back like I wrestled Steve Hamilton uh, who was really good and I never beat him but I, I wrestled him tough and that wasn't one of the that was a decent I feel okay about it. I wrestled Joe Reynolds pretty tough from Oklahoma um Townsend Saunders I wrestled tough but I you know but yeah the best match was probably I you know I beat uh the guy that's a coach of Michigan now, Sean Bormette, I beat him to place. Yeah. But the thing is, Bormette was a freshman and I was a senior, you know, and, and uh, he was still seated like fifth and I was unseated. But, uh, you know, he, uh, he, I know Sean now. He's a great guy. And he, he wound up being a much, much, much better wrestler than I was. But, uh, yeah, that was probably, probably, you know, the best match I, I uh, wrestled. Yeah. Does anything stand out in your memory as like the hardest loss you ever took? Um, man, that's a great question. You know, um, I could probably just go over to my dad's house and see what he's watching. Cause those seems like he's always watching the ones that I lost. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I won a ton. Why are you watching this? You know, yeah. <laughs> you learn more from the losses and like i'm 50 what am i gonna learn you know <laughs> yeah yeah i um you know i i tied a guy my senior year in the in high school and uh that was tough. he was good he wound up winning he went down a weight class and won it but he, you know i i gassed Th those are probably the worst ones is when i gassed you know yeah and that happened a few times yeah there, there's nothing worse than being in a match and just having nothing. And I, I got taken down once in a college match 13 times. And I don't think I got taken down that many times in high school, with, including practice probably. 13? <laughs> I mean, this guy just was kicking my ass all over the place. I had no answer for yeah. anything he did. I was totally out of breath in the first period. It was just awful. And it's, it sucks, isn't it? You, you, yeah, you know you're, you know, you're in for it. I mean, yeah, that was uh, – that 
that those were I, I there's a guy from eastern illinois uh terry something Terry, i can't remember and uh and i think it was like my junior or senior year maybe senior and i um you know i was up big and i just i gassed yeah and uh and i and i couldn't i couldn't finish man and i lost that you know i i, I was that was not uh good and you know my junior year i lost in the blood round and the guy was good and i don't think i I don't think, you know, I look back, man, and I, I probably should have a little mental. I, I wish I would have talked to somebody, you know, you know, I think I, I'm a little bit OCD and I think I, I got in my head way too much. And I think I was my, my, I just could, I got my own way a lot, but I don't think I expected to place that year. And I, and that match was, a, it was against this guy, Tidon Fleischman from um, New Mexico. And it was, you know, the blood round and it was a, uh, it was a, a tough match and I was really going hard and I lost and he beat me you know, it was no fluke. He beat me, but it was close. And I, you know, that, that one, it hit me harder. I was like, man, I just could have been an all American. And I, and I came this close, you know, and that, that, that one hurt. You know? Yeah. Then you ever have those matches where it's just like, you're wrestling fine, you're wrestling hard and you're not, but you just do dumb stuff or do, you just don't match up right with a guy. I wrestled a guy from Wyoming one time where I was like, I, sh I should have beat that guy, man. But I just, it didn't work out, you know? Yeah. Some of the best matches I ever had, I, I was telling somebody the other day that I think it was Gary Abbas. Um, speaking of gassing out, I mean, that match he had with Lincoln McElravey in the NCAA finals, I, I was watching it before I interviewed him, and, and you could just see it all over him in that third period. And, and 20 years later, I know he's going to lose, but I'm like, just hang on, dude. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. But I had him on here, and I was talking about how some of my best matches were ones that I lost. And one that stands out in my mind, I was – wrestling a kid that was uh had won missouri state the year before and, and i was beating him four to nothing and he was like two weight classes bigger than me my team had put me in the wrong weight class but i was beating this kid and then he hit me with some five-point move and you know that was 30 years ago and i still think about it every now and again who uh, was it man his name was matt quarles you know that guy knew. matt yeah, corley I, I think that's how you say his last name matt corley yeah i don't think yeah. i knew him yeah anyway uh, uh you you have some hilarious bits about uh like you used to i don't know if you still do the joke about I, I can't eat i can't eat one cookie i either eat no cookies or 40 cookies oh yeah that's going i don't remember uh, yeah i remember the bit i don't remember all of it but yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, i've uh struggled with uh yeah food over the years yeah yeah i was gonna ask you still does anything still remain from your wrestling days as far as uh eating and all that like do you have any borderline eating disorders yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm sure I would have been diagnosed like binge disorder, you know, or not that I was throwing up or whatever, but you know, in, in my, in my 30s, 20s and 30s, I would just eat, go, you know, every now and then just have a bad day and you just eat as much as you can. And then I'd, instead of throwing up, I just work out hard, you know, but I, I had some stomach issues, I don't know, 10 years ago. Uh, and I had to see this holistic doctor and really change some stuff. And since I did that, I don't really I mean, I, you know, I don't really probably do insane stuff, you know, like I used to. I think, I think when I was at the bottom, I was like, uh, you know, going to, I'd, I'd, I'd go late at night in LA to some convenience store and I'd buy like one of those, that Oreo ice cream, you know, yeah. and I'd buy like a whole pint of it. And then, um, then I was like, you know what, I'm just, I don't think that they put enough Oreos in these ice, this ice cream. So I would just buy some Oreos to put into the ice cream you know yeah. and i remember like you know at some at some checkout lady 
at like three in the morning, you know, and uh, she's like, you know, there's already, or I know, I fucking know. Like, don't, don't, I, I know. Don't. <laughs> you know? So I think like, and then I think at one point I was like, I don't think one pint of ice cream is enough of, you yeah. know, of Ben and Jerry. So, and then I was like, I think I got some issues here. And I, you know, I remember at one point I, I went to like, um, this is when I was living in LA. So it's, it's quite a while ago, but I was like, I do have some, I probably have some mental issues, you know, this is, this is not normal. And they went, I went to some a therapist, you know, I was like, I'm going to talk to this guy about, you know, and I felt ridiculous, you know, and I, and I, and actually I, I believe in therapy and I, you know, I, I, uh, but I went and it was some guy and, and we're sitting in the afternoon and, you know, he's asking me and I'm just, I don't know. That's my first time. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I eat cookies and, you know, and uh, <laughs> he says, and the dude, like, he fell asleep while I was telling him about eating cookies, man. He's like, he's sleeping. And, and I didn't even know what to say. Like, I didn't want to, I, I felt the, sh I'm like, you should sleep, man. This is stupid. I don't have real problems. I'm talking about eating cookies. And he likes nodding off. And then he woke himself up and he goes, I, I'm sorry, man. He's like, I was up with the suicidal guy, you know, this, this last night. I was up, you know, all night with this guy who had paranoia. I'm like, well, that's where you should be. Don't, I'm, I'm leaving, man. Let's not, you know, I don't, I shouldn't be in here talking about cookies, wasting your time or whatever, man. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a while. That, was, uh, yeah, that made me laugh, dude. You're just, <laughs> you're just a funny person. You're just one oh, of those thanks, you like, too, man. You're one of those people that just talks and it's freaking fun. <laughs> um, yeah, someone was... told me, I don't know if, it, I don't think it was you, but somebody told me that you, wouldn't weigh yourself like at the doctor's office you oh yeah no, I, I, I won't yeah it's been i at once in 90, 1991 nationals i got off the scale and i was like i'm not getting back on yeah and, uh, and yeah and i've had some you know i'll go in there and they'll be like you know there's always a nurse or somebody and they're like you got to get on the scale i'm like no I'm <laughs> like no you got to get on the scale i'm like I, I don't i'm not getting on there you know and then and then every now and then the doctor will be like um you, you know, we need to get your weight. I'm like, well, you're not going to get it. You know? yeah. And then they, and then they'll say like, well, it's important. I'm like, why is it important? I'm like, well, for instance, medication, you know, yeah. there's different for, for, for different weights. There's different medication levels. I'm like, well, I can tell you this. I weigh somewhere between 175 and 200. <laughs> how different is the medication at 175 than it is at 200 <laughs> and they, i'm sure the guy's like what a dick you know <laughs> I'm like i'm not doing it and they're like why not i'm like it's too hard to explain i spent my whole childhood on scales i'm not getting back on the damn scale. did you explain it to them like i've said it you know most of now they're just kind of like yeah that's fine yeah. you know it's you know it's funny like there's this overweight nurse one time she's the only one that really understood you know like, <laughs> like like i get on this i get on this I, she goes get on scale i'm like oh, i don't get on scale she's like, mm, that's cool you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah even now whenever i go to the doctor's office before i weigh i always think to myself i'm just gonna pull a greg warren i'm just not gonna get up there do it man they, they're they not they won't they can't hold you they won't do it you know you know what else bothers me about it though is like you know wrestling as long as i did now when i get on the scale and i, I, I want to go well you should probably take off at least three pounds for my clothes you yeah, know? yeah 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 i want right. to say to them and they're like 167 i'm like damn it i just weighed this morning i'm 164 can you just yeah yeah, yeah. So you know and you can surf off you know did you know those guys 
And yeah. uh, oh, there's those guys, man, that would that tell you they could surf off like a pound, you know, by leaning. There's, there's oh, oh, yeah, we didn't call it that. We just, uh, God, we did some scandalous stuff when I was like a freshman. I remember somebody lifting up on somebody's like butt cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like scale. And, and uh, one guy wa- I walked in one morning and uh, this guy had a dime. And he was <laughs> cranking on the scale. And yeah, I'm yeah. Like, hey, what are you doing? I didn't. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't Those that. guys, they would, they'd put their thumbs like on the, the height thing and push down on it. Um, yeah. There's, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I spent my life in comedy, my adult life in comedy, you know, hopefully refining, you know, spend a lot of time on what's really funny. And I still am not sure that I, will ever write anything as funny as when your buddy's on the scale and you put your foot on the scale behind him and he doesn't know it. And he starts freaking out because he's like, (laughs) and and the coach is like, you're, you're 15 over coach. I swear to God, I swear to God. I was, I was two over yet. Don't lie to me. Don't lie. (laughs) There's just nothing funnier than me than that's ever, (laughs) nothing will ever, ever be that funny. Yeah. Nothing will ever be that funny. Yeah. Was it a cool feeling your senior year to uh, know that you were an All-American and sit in the stand and watch the finals? Was that was it way? Yeah, back? that was yeah, that was probably the coolest. You know, that was that was yeah, it was fun. And my dad was there, and my mom and a couple of friends, and um, you know, some of the guys on the team, and it, you know, it it was. I just felt like, and again, I look back, I probably should have done better. You know, like, I think I should have probably placed a couple more times. I had talent and I had the right, all, you know, I had great parents and I had all the right, you know, support system. But, you know, I, I think I, I think I probably needed some work on my mental. I, you know, I, I've talked over the years to some of the, it's neat because I've done these comedy things at wrestling. You get to meet all these great guys. And, I, man, one of the guys I've liked to listen to is Turvell. He's got some really interesting um, – He's got some really, really interesting theories about wrestling and wrestlers. And I, and he talks and I'm like, man, that was me. I wish I'd have known this guy back then. Cause I was so OCD and you know, it's so irrational thinking. Um, and it's, it wasn't Roper's fault. He tried everything he could to get, you know, it, it, um, it, it's just the sport has advanced a little bit, but, you know, uh, but I couldn't get out of my own way, but you know, and then I, but I see guys also that were way better than I was and never made all American, you know, that, the the, the the brackets just don't line up sometimes. So, yeah, to answer your question, I, I was really – it was one of those nights when I was just really, really – you know, I had this feel like I had this weight lifted off of me. Yeah, I and, um Yeah, I was, uh, I was really happy. My dad was – you know, he was really, really happy. And uh, I think it made it – I remember, um, you know, he I, – I used to wrestle Todd Chesborough a lot from Oklahoma State, who was a really good wrestler. Yeah. You know, and, and Todd's dad was Tommy Chesborough, who was, um, you know, the coach of Oklahoma State a while back, big time wrestling guy. I mean, you know, and for a guy like my dad, you know, he, that's Tommy Chesborough, you know. And, um, you know, I didn't know, I think, I, you know, that, that last year Todd was in a different weight than I was. And I didn't know him well or anything. We just, I just lost to him, basically. But um, I think, when uh, I made All-American, they just were happened to be sitting in the same area. And Tommy Chesborough came up to my dad and said, hey, that was great, man. It was nice to see. And I think that really made him happy. You know, I, he was happy anyways, but it was a neat moment for him. And uh, he likes talking about that. So it was cool. And the finals that year were pretty – that's when um, 
God, I can't remember everybody that was in it, but it was uh, uh, that's when Jason Kelber beat uh, Terry Brands, I think, oh, wow. in the finals that year, and that was a, that was a crazy match. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, I think, man, I can't remember whether that was the year that um, that might have been the year that Mark Ryland threw Randleman on his head, basically Kevin Randleman, and beat oh, him. He, he threw him one time and beat him. I can't remember if that was the finals or the semis, but um, yeah, there was. You know, that was it. Was pretty fun to watch. That's cool, man. I read about that in Sports Illustrated, that, that tournament. I remember reading about Jason Kelper beating Terry Brands and all that. Yeah. Pretty big deal. Um, and I heard, yeah. that, I heard that Brands, like, I don't know if it's true, but I heard he, like, threw some through a garbage can through a window. <laughs> I've, I've heard that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those guys, you know, um, they used to, you know, when they were fresh, when they would lose. Uh, not much, but I mean, they, or, or it might've been red shirts or whatever, but I'm, I think Bobby Crawford might've beat one of them one time. Not sure about that. Yeah. Um, I don't want those guys chasing me down, trying to kill yeah. me or something, but uh, I, you know, I've only met, I met Terry one time. He's, he couldn't have been nice. You know, actually he's real when I was doing a comedy thing for uh, USA wrestling. Yeah. yeah. But um, when they would lose, you know, they would, when they were like red shirt freshmen and they were younger guys and they, they I mean, my friend Danny Hayes would follow in the locker room just to see what they were going to break basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they didn't lose much, but when you're a red shirt freshman, you know, you're going to lose yeah. every now and then. Yeah. Um, what's an example of, of you say you got in your own head and you're kind of neurotic about stuff. What, what was an example of that? Man. I think I was like superstitious about, you know, a little bit about how matches would go. And then I think sometimes I just, I, I just over, I just didn't, if I would have just wrestled and enjoyed wrestling, yeah, I would have done well, but I just kept thinking about like, it, it was all about the result. I got way too attached to the result. And sometimes I would just be like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to win this match. This guy, you know, I what I mean, and that's not how wrestlers are taught to act and nobody talks about it. But I think the fact if I could have been honest with that to people back then, they would have been like, all right, this is how we fix it. You know, because whenever you talk to your coach, he's like, you're going to win tonight. You'd be like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm going to win. And then in my head, I was like, to be real honest with you, man, I was looking at the numbers on this thing. Probably not. man. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> you can't. I could if I said that to Roper, he would have just shorted out. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, like I think in my head, I, I was like, yeah, man. Um, I I don't see it happening. I mean, I'm gonna try, but I'm looking at the numbers on it, and I'm looking at he beat this guy 17 to four that I lost to. I don't think there's. I don't think the. I mean, I'm 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 not a dumb guy. The odds are not good. <laughs> That's not the way you should be thinking. But I think if you could be honest about those thoughts with somebody and open, yeah. That I think maybe I could have found a way out of that, you know, and uh, and realize that I just think there was a lot of irrational thinking and just just go out there and rest and what is you know now you and i have these separate careers and it's like what, what does it matter you know if i would just but that's part of the sport you know that's you yeah. know I, I didn't conquer that um you know probably the best match i wrestled th that year I, I lost and it was um so i made all american and then you go that that sort of consolation semis to see whether you go for seventh and eighth or um or third through sixth and it's right afterwards it's that night so I wrestle this guy, Jason Suter from Penn State, and I'm just working him. Tim, I am working him. I'm up like six to two. I'm just shooting double legs and just killing him and, and uh, having fun. I don't care at that point. I'm like, I, you know, I already sort of accomplished my goal. And then he, he got me in like a Peterson role and got five points and I lost. 
and it was it was terrible but that for there was about four minutes that, that I was so free that I and I was just killing this guy yeah. you know and I wound up losing but uh, um yeah yeah I you know I try not to spend too much time thinking about it but there's definitely things I wish I would have done different and and part of it is not worrying so much like yeah you know now I'm 45 I'm looking back on it like yeah of course it doesn't matter but tell that to yourself when you're a kid it's hard man you're a kid man it does it's the biggest thing you know the, the thing that I wish that I would have done more than anything is is kept um had a little more uh intellectual curiosity about wrestling like kept a learning curve like i think i got a little burnt out a little beat up and i was not um really seeking out new techniques and enjoying the sport from that aspect my my last couple of years i and and that was nobody's fault but my own you know um uh, i i should have because when, when I was always learning stuff and trying to discover new moves and, you know, part of it is that college season just beats on you so hard. It's like, I just want to get through, you know, I had a couple of good techniques and I just sort of learned to limit it. But if I would have been a little more expansive, um, I think that might've made things fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I, and I was not very strategic, man. I just, <laughs> I just kind of went, I wasn't a dumb guy, but I was, I wrestled sort of like a dumb guy. I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you, my friend, um, my friend Chip Bunner, um, I remember the Wrestlebacks my senior year, I was, uh, it was, it was that guy, that guy, I told you that guy from Brown that was like 31 and one or whatever, you know, yeah. and, and, um, and, and I was like, I don't know about this guy or whatever. And Chip had watched him. Chip watched him the match for, he goes, Warren, you got no problem with this guy. He's a right led, he leads his right leg. And, and I sort of had this, it was like a poor man's John Smith low single. Like if the guy led his right leg, I would hop back a couple of times and get him to step with that right leg. And I, and I, I took that guy down like four times, three times right away. Boom, 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 boom. You know, I, I had him and it, and I would, I could do that on guys if I'd never wrestled them before, if I'd wrestled them before they scouted me and they wouldn't do it. But like that was, you know, strategic and I should have been able to do some of that on my own. You know? Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing sweeter than hitting a low level. I didn't hit. I didn't score with a lot of them. I, I was good at getting to the angle and getting to it, but I, I finishing was another story, especially in college. Really? Uh, yeah. But there's nothing prettier than a good low level. Yeah, especially if you, the, the one that I would, hit, you know, that that one. It would. It was what was great about it was there was no. I either hit it and he went to his butt and it was two, or I missed it. There wasn't you know, that dog fight where you get in on a, a double or single and you're just going to, it's like, all right, you're going to get brutalized for <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe score. Yeah. When you said that you were superstitious, is that like mainly in like your preparation before your matches? Oh yeah. I would be like, you know, I, I, can't, I mean, I, you know, I'm not sure how much of an insane person I want to reveal that I am, but I, you know, I remember like you got to go to the bathroom an even amount of times or, you know, you get, you know, like you got to, have your hand over the right place during the star spangled banner and like just just crazy stuff and it was in my head and i was like you got to do this you know yeah um dude it's not crazy to me i know exactly what you're talking about just and i didn't and i didn't recognize and i've recognized it in in later life because i have seen a therapist and he's like yeah you got some ocd issues and you know your mind's playing tricks on you basically you yeah know? yeah i, I do um, the same kind of crap i used to have to have my socks pulled up the same way um just all kinds of little things, you know, and if, 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 if I lost a match, I could always think back on, ah, it's cause you didn't, you, you didn't, you used the wrong stall in the bathroom. That's why. Yeah. You lost. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. I, 
when I was a kid, my friend Jacob Niederheiser and I, who passed away not too long ago, he uh, oh man, we we used to go into the into the the restroom, and at the before the tournament would start, and we'd pick our stall that we were going to use all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as you won, you kept using that stall. Yeah, yeah, man. If you got beat, then you'd go pick a different stall to take the hex off. But <laughs> the worst part was like if you were in the finals and you had to go take a poop or something and you go in there and somebody would be in your stall and you're like what are you doing man <laughs> how are you gonna be in there and you're like, like the stalls and you're like i can't use that stall you idiot <laughs> and i would have my i remember like i would just always think of the worst thing that could happen like my senior year other than that guy that i tied like who went down away class i wasn't gonna lose man i was way better than most of the guys I was wrestling, you know? And I remember I had had myself psyched out, you know, I was like, man, this guy is, uh, he's good. I can't, I'm going to, I'm going to lose this match. I beat him 15 to one. Like I, it, it was, it was useless. You know, I think that, um, you know, you, there's some people you have to be stressed out, you know, and there's probably some degree of that, but there's a point where there's diminishing returns. Yeah. I yep. remember. I think I got superstitious when you're talking about the bathroom thing. I think as a, I remember being like when I was later after college, like in my twenties, and you're going to bars and trying to meet women. But I remember like there's like, oh hey, that one time I met this girl here and we hooked up. You know, we gotta always go to that bar. You're like, yeah, uh, no, that was <laughs> that was a very rare occurrence for you, Gray. You, you know. <laughs> It's not even a bar anymore. It's an Arby's. I don't care. We're going there. We're going to, you know. <laughs> you do any of the same things with comedy? Like, do you have to have certain, do you, do you have a routine and all that? And do you get in your head if you don't do it? Um, not much. I mean, you know, there, I have, I think, um, yeah, I've done some dumb stuff in comedy, but never anything but uh, like TV performances, you know, because it's, I don't take it that seriously when I'm just doing a show. There's so many shows, you know, so but there's been a few TV performances when I sort of like psych myself out and, and you just get in your head. You're like, I'm going to forget what I'm supposed to say. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, um, there's a few of those where I just, uh, you know, I, I was okay, but I could have been better if I'd have been. Yeah. I started figuring out TV a little bit late, you know, but it, it was, uh, yeah, there's, there's been a few of those where I'm just like, just, and that's going to happen, you know? And I know some people, some of my friends take like beta blockers and stuff like that when they go do TV and, some you know um i shot a special this past summer and it was uh i think i did a pretty like we did two shows so the first show i think i was a little tight that first um i was i was too tight that first 10 minutes but the, the rest of it i was kind of i kind of found i found a place where i can just be like just do this just go out and do the thing man yeah yeah part of it is you get to the point where you're like you know, shit's not going to work out like you were hoping it would anyways. So <laughs> no, that that's over. <laughs> well, you, you helped me without even realizing it probably a, a few years ago when my brother and I stayed at your house for NCAAs. Um, oh, that was fun, man. Yeah. That, that was during the time that somewhere around my early 40s, I, I, I went through this thing where, I mean, I was nervous like days in advance to go on stage and I would just be, Oh, I remember you telling me that, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be on the plane just like the whole time freaking out. Like, what is wrong with me? And, uh, you know, a lot of things helped. But one of the things was you looked at me and you go, well, you got to remember, dude, just jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, 
and and it is it's it, it's funny how seriously sometimes we can take what's oh yeah supposed to be nothing but fun you know it's, yeah it's just jokes and it's also the other thing is you got to remember like we sort of you you trick yourself into thinking like oh it's because of luck or because of um you know you're, you're thinking well it's because of luck or because I, I did the right preparation for that set or i was in, you know i did the one the right mental here's the thing man you're a professional comedian you have been for a really long time yeah. if you talk to any you know how much go out go to the grocery store and ask any 20 to 30 year old whether they want to be a professional comedian or not and they'll tell you they do like you overcame staggering odds to be like somebody who you do this for a living there's not many people that do it's not because of it's an accident. It's not because of luck. It's not because of whatever. It's because you're good at what you do. Like, you know, and even if you want to go up there and eat it, you're not, that's, you're not probably going to not like it's in your blood. You're going to yeah. have a good set, you know? Yeah. It's like, you can have bad ones, but man, especially if they cut the time down or they take it out of a comedy club and you know, Hey Tim, you got to be funny for five minutes in front of a studio audience. It's, it's a different skill you know, and you'll figure, you know, everybody can figure that out too. But if it's going up and entertaining people in front of people that pay to see comedy, you're one of the best at that. Like, you, you know, and that, like, that can't be undone. No, no. Even if you wanted to undo it, you can't undo it. You know? Yeah. yeah I try to tell myself that too. It's, it, it's almost like wrestling sometimes. Like, you know, I'd have matches I'd be super nervous about for whatever reason. And you got to take a bad shot and have his head down and he'd pop his head up and you pancake the shit out of him. And you don't even think about it. You know? Right. Yeah. And, just, and it's the same thing with comedy. You know, um, you just—I'll be nervous out of my head, and then it's, as soon as they, as soon as they announce my name, something just comes over me. You know, I just yeah. All of a sudden, I get this calm feeling, especially after I get the first laugh. And yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I think it's you know you you uh, if you can feel once you get once you establish some sort of rapport with the audience, it just becomes okay. I know how to do this. You know, and you get. I wish I could figure it out, and I wish I would have figured it out earlier. You got to let your talent take over. Get, you know, get yeah. out of the way of it when you're not thinking. Um, and I think, you know, I think I thought of as a kid growing up, you know, anything sort of meditation, all that stuff was hokey and don't talk to me about it. And now I'm like, God, I wish I would have maybe yeah. looked into that a little bit, you know? Speaking of OCD, I remember uh, I, I was at the comedy magic club not too long ago. And this guy was telling me, he's like, yeah, I had to quit meditating because I would be too calm and I wouldn't have as good a sense. He was like, I need those nerves. Oh, and really? Yeah. It kind of made sense to me because sometimes I'll go out there real calm and, and I don't, you know, I feel better before I go out, but the result's not as good. So really? Yeah. So yeah. I think, I'd, yeah. I I'd, mean, I, I don't think much about, I, I probably don't think enough about that. I sort of just, I, I sort of feel like, you know, do the writing and let the writing carry it, you know, and, and hopefully if the joke's good enough, it's going to carry it. You know? Well, it sounds like you've overcome quite a bit of that OCD because, uh, you know, it hasn't carried over into your career. You know, you learned how to manage it as far as that. Somewhat. Goes. Yeah. Somewhat. Like I said, there were some TV appearances that I think I did, you know, um, that I let, I got in my head and, um, yeah, I, I, man, I do remember early on in comedy where I like, you sort of tried to prepare for a comedy set, like a wrestling match, you know, and you, you get, and I, I was just too intense on stage. You know, you just get, I'm like square stanced and like, and it's like, what are you doing, man? This is supposed to be the opposite of that. <laughs> you know, I think Kenny Smith, buddy of mine, like I remember him. He was like, dude, you look like you're about to fight when you're on stage. I'm like, yeah, that's probably not good. Is it? <laughs> hey, speaking of fighting and I'll, uh, 
I'll, I'll let you go. I know you've uh, we've been on here for over an hour, and I know you got things to do, and uh, I got to go pick up my boy. But you're in pretty good shape. You're 50 years old. You were one of the best wrestlers in the country. Uh, could you whoop Joe Rogan? Oh no, man. No, because I'm not in that good of shape. Like I'm not in good fighting shape. I mean, he that guy. I'm not in that good of shape. I eat right because of my stomach, and I'll you know, but I don't. I don't do enough weightlifting or, you know, anything other than a little bit of light cardio. So yeah, Joe would, uh, pretty sure Joe would beat my ass, man. You know, if he jumped me, I think I might be able to go for a while, but I, man, I just don't have it. I mean, the last time this was probably about eight years ago and I was in Columbus and uh, my buddy, Dave Stroop, who runs the club there, he, his, he was, uh, helping out coach and they had a clinic or something. And I went and showed some moves at a clinic. And uh, there was a college kid, kid from Ohio State, who was good there. And I was like, yeah, let's go some takedowns. And I about had a heart attack. You know? right. and, uh, and I was like, that's enough of that, man. That's... <laughs> when I was in, I think when I was 40 years old, I was, my dad was coaching still. And I was, we had a kid that was good. He wound up wrestling in Virginia, Steve Doty. He was good. And um, I would roll with him pretty, you know, I, I was a, you know, 40-year-old guy. And he was a high school kid. But still. He was good, and I could go. And that was the last time I was in any kind of shape to wrestle. You know, yeah. back then maybe I could have gone with Joe, but uh, yeah. not. Nah, I think he looks like he he, uh, he goes pretty hard, man. Yeah, yeah, he's a. Stop. In my heyday, though, uh, in my heyday, though, Tim, I think. Uh, oh, I have complete. I, I still have confidence <laughs> in you. I still. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time betting against wrestlers, especially guys that were really freaking good. I think there's something. I think there's something inside of guys like yourself that uh, most people don't have, you know, I know that, uh, I, you know, you're a modest dude. You don't like hearing that kind of stuff, but you're a beast, man. <laughs> I was, it's, I'm, I promise you it was past tense, man. Yeah. I was pretty good for a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'll let you go, buddy, but is there anything else that you wanted to, is there anything you want to plug or uh, anything you got coming up or? No, great to see you, man. Great to talk to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. I, I enjoy the podcast. I listen to some episodes. I really like it, man. Oh, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I've been trying to get uh, better at doing it, you know, like, especially on the phone, it was hard because I wasn't always done when I didn't know when someone was done talking. Yeah. That's tricky. Yeah. And you start to interrupt them and you're like, ah, I feel like such a dick, you know, especially like, Barry Davis or somebody that I really respect and looked up to when I was a kid. If I can't hear him, I feel like such a dick going, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard, man. Oh, I, you know what? I probably should plug one thing. Why not? Um, okay. I got a podcast. Um, okay. And it's, uh, it's not a wrestling podcast. It, uh, it is a weekly review of the New York Times crossword puzzle. Uh, <laughs> it's called One Down. I do it with my buddy, Brendan Ayer. It's mostly a comedy podcast, but uh, uh, every week we, we do, each of us attempt every puzzle every day of the week, and then we, uh, we talk about it and write jokes nice. about it. So, yeah. Um, uh, if you're not a crossword person, uh, you might still laugh at it. Too, but, yeah. Uh, it's definitely not a wrestling podcast. I What's it called? Called One Down. One Down. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks yeah. for doing this, Greg. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, great to see you, Tim. You too, man. Have I'll see you later, day. man. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, everybody. That was Greg Warren. Uh, God, he's such a funny person. Like some of the shit he was saying, like he wasn't trying to be funny. He just, I don't know, the way he talks and everything. Um, I just think he's one of the funniest dudes ever and uh, uh, he's a great wrestler. So that was really fun for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I realized that I, 
I'm looking at my iPad right now and I realized I just hit stop before it was time to stop. So I have to edit some shit in there. But as always, go to makingithappen.com, M-A-C-A-N, ithappen.com. Help out little Bo Macon and his family during this difficult time, especially uh, go to my YouTube, youtube.com slash Tim Gaither. Do me a favor and uh, subscribe to my YouTube. There's a lot of funny stuff on there. I'm going to have a wrestling podcast on YouTube every Wednesday and the audios on SoundCloud and Stitcher and iTunes and all that stuff. So like, subscribe, share. Hey everybody, Tim Gaither here. I forgot to tell you that Greg Warren's special will be out June 30th on Amazon and he is hilarious. You can watch that with anybody in your family. He's clean. He's very funny. He's one of the truly one of the best comedians in the whole country and uh, support him. And, and it's important to laugh these days. So please check that out. And thanks again for supporting uh, my podcast and my YouTube. And I uh, hope you're all doing well. God bless all of you and take care. Bye.